stream. We are dreamed into existence. What we do with that dream is up to us. This is Stream. I am Jessica Deruta, and I share with you my stream of consciousness. You may find Stream on my blog at trustpsyche.com and on my YouTube channel, Jessica Deruta. Please take what serves you and leave the rest. Let us begin. How we dream is as important as what we dream, for the what of the dream knows itself through the how. Sinistry shows the teleological unfolding of the karmic potential between two beings. Sinistry shows the evolutionary past and the evolutionary future between these two souls coming together at this moment in time. We use synastry to help us better understand the levels of intimacy and engagement and creative expression that is happening here between these two people. You could spend an entire reading focusing on just one aspect between these two people's birth charts coming together. You could spend an entire week contemplating and meditating on what it means to have a certain configuration with deeper and deeper levels of meaning coming through. For example, my husband Travis, his natal Uranus as at one degree Sagittarius conjunct my Venus at zero Sagittarius in my ninth house. Travis and my relationship, right? This is what the synastry is showing. It is showing us our relational dynamics the alchemy of our two souls coming together this life is in part about Uranus, the liberation, awakening, and freedom of my Venus, my heart, my love, my artistic expression, the feminine part of my being, of my values, Travis, through his eccentricity, through his own natal Venus Uranus, his awakened heart, his open heart, the freedom that he carries in his heart and the way that he loves. He loves so freely. He loves a free woman, a free-spirited trickstery, playful woman. Venus is what we love and what we value. And Uranus is about a youthful play, playfulness, a youthful creativity. That's the trickster. 
It's the surprise, the sudden, unexpected opening, the change. This is already part of who Travis is, but the way that part of his being comes into contact with my Venus, Aphrodite, the goddess of love and beauty, our love is a new love. It's a new love that I've never experienced in this life. It's a free love. It's an open love. It's a creative love. And my Venus adores Travis's Uranus. I love his brilliance. I love his freedom. I love his creative expression. I love the playful, youthful part of him. I admire it. I adore it. I value his freedom. And so there's a mutual reciprocity, a mutual exchange of love and freedom going together to open up new realms of the heart and the new ways to love. Specifically, since I've been with Travis, I feel like I'm a liberated woman. I'm a free woman. I feel that he's awakened my beauty. I feel more beautiful now than I ever have in my entire life. I love looking in the mirror and seeing that Venusian beauty more than ever. I adorn myself more than ever. I take more time and care into beautifying myself because I feel the most beautiful I've ever felt and I love being attractive for him. He naturally awakens the part of me that wants to be attractive, that wants to allure him in, in a receptive way. Because I feel so free by his love, I feel so free by the way that we are in relationship. It naturally makes me want to be more beautiful, more vivacious and alive. Since I've been with Travis, I have felt more free to play music. I've always had a block around that, but Travis is a musician and so he brings in a very wise space psychically as a free musician. He plays all kinds of music, but part of what he's gotten particularly good at is improv. And so he has a, an openness and a freeness to the way that he holds music. So even though he's a professional musician who's an amazing bass player and can play so many other instruments and sing, and I feel that I can barely, right? I don't identify as a musician. I feel so safe and so free to improvise with him because of the way that he holds music in a playful way, an open, free, creative way. And so his Uranus conjunct my Venus has opened up the artist in me. I've felt more oriented towards art and music and dance and beauty and the expression of that in my life and sharing that in our relationship because of being with Travis reflected in his Uranus conjunct my Venus. Now it's in the fire sign of Sag. So there's a lot of philosophical conversations happening about love and relationship. I'm so excited for Travis to be on the next stream, stream 10, where we're going to continue this conversation together. 
He's going to be my first guest where we talk about synastry and relationship. And actually, it was through a conversation that Travis and I had about synastry that really sparked our love. And you can see that in our synastry by the Venus-Uranus conjunction. Uranus is astrology and Venus is the relationship. And we were talking about synastry and relationship and it suddenly, unexpectedly opened up our love, opened up my heart to him, opened up his heart to me. And we've been having this conversation ever since. And we're so looking forward to being able to share that aspect of our relationship seen in our synastry with all of you. Through synastry, planets and aspects in our chart are forever changed by that relationship. We tend to often think of our own birth chart and our own personal transits in our evolutionary unfolding, the ways that we grow, the things that we learn, the events that we go through in life. Oh yes, it was when Pluto was on my son that these things happened. Yet, however, a lot of those things happened by being in relationship to other beings, other people. And it's the synastry, our chart with their chart, that was a lot of the fertile ground through which this process emerged from and out of. A relational metaphysics that takes in the horizontal axis of meaning as a core primary form of correspondence it is through and by relationship that we become and so my venus is forever changed because of the relationship i have with travis and his uranus conjunct my venus he has suddenly and unexpectedly opened up parts of my heart and my life and my love that i did not know that were there and that's the nature of uranus it's unprecedented, it's unpredictable, it's new, it's fresh, it's invigorating, it's electric and dynamic. And this is just the beginning because as more time happens and we build more memories together and have more experiences, that Uranus conjunct Venus is gonna take on many more new forms. So every single person that we're in relationship with, their chart influences ours more or less, depending on the depth of the relationship. Sometimes it's the amount of time we spent or the power of the experiences that we've had or the depth of the karma that we share. But the greater effect, the more that our chart has been alchemically infused with theirs. And so forevermore, my Venus is a new and different type of Venus because of my relationship with Travis. And that would be true for every significant person I've been in relationship with in my life, however their chart aspected mine and however my chart has aspected theirs. It's in a way the invisible lattice matrix of all these interconnected relations that create the emergent archetypal process through which our growth happens. Relationships are one of my favorite things to talk about as both an astrologer and psychotherapist. My first professional astrology reading was a reading between two women, a couple, and doing their synastry, putting their two charts together to understand their relationship. For me, at the heart 
of my metaphysical worldview is relationship. I believe that it is relationship all the way up and down. We're always in a relationship with ourselves. We're in a relationship with the archetypes in our birth chart. We're in a relationship with other people, our family and friends, our beloveds. And we're in a relationship with the divine. We are always one end of our relationship with everything else that there is. So welcome to stream nine, where the topic for today is relationships in astrology, looking at synastry and composite charts. There's going to be a little bit of technique that I'm going to offer today, but I really want to spend the majority of time talking about relationships and love and how as a counselor, I see this um, taking place in my work. At the core of every healthy relationship is the trust that each person in the relationship has the ability to influence the other person. And by influence, I mean that the way that you show up and the things that you share has an effect on the other person and influences them to make some type of adaptation or change in their behavior, action, thoughts, and words to you. And that it's essential for the healthy functioning relationship for this ability to influence the other to be mutual to be reciprocal, that it goes both ways. So we all know what it's like to be a part of healthy and unhealthy relationships. And this is really at the crux of whenever we begin to describe something in astrological terms as, you know, the light in the shadow or life enhancing and life destroying, you know, gifts and the challenges. When something is in a healthy expression, there tends to be uh, balance, the middle path, reciprocity, mutuality, the ability to mutually influence. It's a two-way street, it's going both ways, and there's an exchange of energy there that feels equal, feels balanced. There's an equanimity. When things are in an unhealthy expression, there is a tendency for there to be a lack of balance, an out of balance, and the more extreme that contrast, the more extreme the lack of balance is, oftentimes the unhealthier the relationship is. Now, every relationship goes through ups and downs and you know has moments of being in periods of descent or ascent, times of crisis, times of growth, times where there's a contraction and times where there's an expansion and we ride those waves together. But if a relationship stays too long in a place of out of balance, we start to see a lot of symptoms that become problematic for each individual in the relationship. And then the relationship as a whole tends to become toxic, um, tends to become a place where there's more harm than there is good. That instead of feeling a sense of safety and trust, which is absolutely paramount to being able to be uh, vulnerable and creative and to share love and joy, um, then we begin to see different responses depending on one's constitution. Now, this stream is a special stream because it's one of two streams that's a part of my new online astrology class, Deepen Your Astrological Practice, which you can begin right now at trustpsyche.com. 
I put so much love and care into that 60 plus hour course and we just went on an absolutely powerful journey together and um, it really is my greatest contribution to astrology and the astrological worldview thus far and this particular stream is a part of the supporting material for one of the combinations of moon and venus uh, moon and venus together has so much to do about love and connection and that sense of belonging in relationship finding harmony and balance within our connections with other people um, stream eight the, the previous stream was focused on personal transits in astrology and that was a part of the sun mars supporting material so for those of you who don't know we went through the 45 cycles of time where you combine each planet and aspect to one another so the sun and the moon all the way out to neptune and pluto or mars and venus jupiter and neptune and we went in and by understanding each planet in aspect with one another we get deep psychological and spiritual insight into what it's like to either be born with that aspect to go through a transit of that aspect or just what does it mean to um, understand oneself in the universe through the lens of Mars Uranus versus the lens of say Mercury Pluto and the different um, insight and wisdom and teachings that we can get by entering into those different states of consciousness and a meditative practices and so we used um, uh, didactic teaching and dance art music poetry guided meditation as these different ways of knowing and experiencing the archetypal combinations so synastry and composite chart is uh, one small section of that course and just also wanted to say that this will be an upcoming class of mine that I'm going to be offering where we go in depth into understanding relationship and love and astrology through the interpretation of synastry and composite charts. Now I said this is one of my favorite topics and it was actually my first professional reading was uh, doing synastry. Also as a therapist, I work with a lot of couples and so I'm fascinated by looking at and understanding how astrology can help give us insight into the nature of the relationships that we're in. And as just a brief thought experiment, I want you to take a moment and to sit with um, imagining your birth chart kind of sitting above your head. Now, if you don't know your birth chart, just imagine a circle there and all the planets and just kind of intuitively sense into the fact that, you know, the time and place of your birth the planets were in a certain position and they were in relationship to one another. If you do know your birth chart, imagine your birth chart above your head. Now, it's already absolutely uh, astounding that we can understand our life through where the planets were when we were born, that we can understand the nature of our soul, we can understand the nature of our psyche, we can understand our personality, we can understand our family and where we came from, we can understand our psychological makeup, we can understand the way that we emotionally process things, we can understand you know, what it is that we are here to karmically do. It's often, the birth chart is often called a karmic blueprint or um, an x-ray into the soul. Now this is already incredible, but if we take this further and we bring it into the horizontal axis of relationship, we realize that our birth chart is in relationship to every single other birth chart on the planet. And not just in the present moment, but also in the past. 
So we are in relationship with everyone who's come before us. Yes, that includes our ancestors, but it also includes, let's say, your own relationship to the work of Abraham Lincoln. If you're called to, let's say, um, be in a relationship with Abraham Lincoln through understanding his biography, or if you are called to be in a relationship with um, Harriet Tubman, or you're called to be in a relationship with Nelson Mandela, you can look at your birth chart in relationship to their birth chart and understand what it is that's being activated on a psychic level by you encountering them as a person, their ideas, and whatever they've creatively contributed to culture and society. Well, the same is true for future humans, that their birth charts are also in relationship to our birth charts after we die. So um, it really goes beyond the present moment, but even just the fact that we can understand the relationship that you have with your mother and your father, your siblings, your children, all your relations by looking at your chart in relationship to their chart. The level of divine orchestration and divine intelligence that has to be in place to be able to see that level of patterning at that massive a scale, that your chart doesn't just work for you, but that actually by putting your chart in synastry with another person's chart, you can understand the karma that you have with that person. Because from the metaphysical place that I'm coming from, I assume that we have lived many, many lifetimes and will live many, many more. And that oftentimes key players in our life, key significant relationships we've had, this is not the first time that we have been in this relationship. Maybe it's the first time that relationship has particularly taken form as the mother and the child or as lovers, but that it's most likely not the first time that you have spent time with this being, with this soul. And so the synastry shows us the karmic history between these two beings. It shows you the story that you're picking up in the middle of, that you've inherited from both of your soul's evolutionary past. And then it shows you the potential of this moment. It shows you the gifts and the challenges of the relational dynamics, the areas that are gonna get more activated than others, the places that are potentially gonna have more difficulty, the places where things might be a little bit easier. Um, it shows the potential expression of the two beings coming together and what it is that they can create. Now, obviously, the more intimate we are with someone, the deeper the bond, the more vivid that the synastry is gonna be, the more it's gonna come to life and the more connections and interpretations we're gonna be able to make because there's more juice there, there's more mojo, there's more psychic life and connection that's gonna lend itself for us to understand it. Now, yes, can I put my chart with said person that I met for five minutes and will never see again? And see something there, glean something, yes. Probably not gonna be as fascinating unless something significant happened in those five moments. Um, you know, we tend to be more interested in looking at our synastry with our family and our friends and our partners because that's where a lot of our energy and time is invested this life. And the deeper we go with someone, the longer time that we spend with them, the more experiences we have, the more the synastry comes to life and the more insight that we can get into the nature of the relationship with this person. So we're really looking at the horizontal relational access. It's a, it's a metaphysics of relationship. And for me, this is really the fourth form of correspondence. Um, uh, Rick Tarnas talks about the three forms of correspondence. He talks about natal charts, uh, world transits, and then personal transits. And for me, when we come into a more um, 
you can call it feminine, but really I just think it's relational way of being, we have to look at synastry as a fourth form of correspondence, synastry and composite charts, because really we always are in relationship being influenced and influencing other people that we can't really understand our birth chart by itself as deeply as we could, as fully as we could outside of the context of the relationship with our parents. And we know this psychologically, that when we can understand our biography and we can understand our um, family of origin and our early childhood experiences, we gain a lot of context and insight into our personality, into um, different things that come easily to us, gifts we've inherited from our parents and our ancestors, and then challenges, things that we're here to karmically work through and work with that often are painful. And so um, astrology helps provide um, a map to get greater depth of insight into the context of our relationship with our parents and seeing the way that their chart and our charts interact because we really come to know ourselves and psycho-spiritually develop or psychologically develop as children in relationship to our closest family members. And so looking at the synastry between us and our closest family members is like the background story, an almost invisible story um, until we begin to understand that synastry. And there's another stream where I went into that. I believe it's family dynamics in astrology. It might've been stream three or four if you wanna hear more about that. So um, coming back into understanding synastry, you know, part of what I love about the structural poetics, right? The poetic nature of the structure of synastry is this. There's two things. One is when we look at synastry, um, either chart of the two people involved can be the base of the interpretation. So one chart's on the inner wheel, which we know sets up the house system. The outer chart is then in relationship to the inner chart as the base. But then we can reverse that and we can take the outer chart and put it in the inside and now that person is the base and their house system is the base. And so this really shows the nature of a relationship, that it's a two-way street, that we can empathetically occupy or inhabit both people's perspectives um, as one level of interpretation. And that is just one level of interpretation of synastry, rotating the two charts and saying, okay, your Saturn is in relationship to my sun. Okay, um, my moon is opposite your Pluto. And we're really kind of interpreting it as, you know, one person's Saturn, the other person's sun. One person's Pluto, the other person's moon. And this is a very helpful level of interpretation for us to go into but it's only one level. There's another level, and you could call it a deeper level, um, but I think it's even kind of a more nested level of interpretation, which is understanding this, that really it's neither person's Sun or Saturn or Moon and Pluto because we don't own the planets. Um, and what happens when we're in relationship is we're sharing a field of energy, a field of conscious and unconscious energy that we're sharing a collectic morphic field with that other person. And that actually there's a profound psychic alchemy that's taking place where there's a mutual influence happening from the two souls coming together. And that really what it is, is that the two beings are occupying a shared field 
of Sun Saturn, of Moon Pluto, and that that field can only be shared when these two unique individuals come together with their charts, and then all of a sudden, their psychic life and the phenomena of their relationship is coming out of the shared field of Sun, Saturn, and Moon, Pluto that does not belong to either person, but that can only come together through the shared energetic exchange of the archetypal complex between these two beings. This is a level of interpretation that is often less addressed when looking at synastry and composite charts. There's a tendency still in the modern and even postmodern worldview where um, we tend to still speak in language and therefore interpret from a worldview that um, gives one person ownership of something and the other person ownership of something. And again, that is one level of interpretation that we can get a lot of insight out of. And I do interpret from that level, but we can also get another level of interpretation by recognizing that neither person owns either of those planets, that none of us own any of the planets. Actually, the planets and the planetary archetypes are all shared. They're, they're, they're not inside of us um, in, in some kind of way, like this is my Uranus, um, but actually it's, uh, <laughs> it's actually in a way much more mysterious than that, but in another way, it's just actually much more simple than that. The energy of Uranus is present and it happens to connect or correlate with the position of the planet there. But again, that's not a causal situation. And the same is true for us understanding relationships. The planets do not cause the relationship to be a certain way. The relationship is actually already in existence and the planets correlate and reflect what the nature of the relationship is. The karma of the two beings is actually already in place before the planets come in. The planets are actually secondary in a way, if we want to kind of understand it from a linear perspective, which is one way to understand this, is that before we're born, our history of our soul and the history of our soul with other beings that are particularly significant in our soul's evolutionary journey at this point in time is already happened. It's already underway. And when we incarnate, our chart reflects our previous karma and our future karma, and then how it is that we have the potential to inhabit, co-create, and unfold that mystery. The same is true with all our relationships, and this is seen in the synastry. So the level of divine orchestration, it's sometimes difficult to understand with the mind inside of space-time where things are told in a story and therefore they're told in a linear past-present-future way when really for me, that's not what's happening. It's actually something that's happening outside of space-time. And when we incarnate into space-time, we start to get this story that is then told in a linear way, which is also extremely fascinating and helpful. So anyways, that's a little bit more of like my metaphysics and theory around how I hold, you know, what's happening and why we can see our relational dynamics with every other person in our life in the synastry. So I'm going to begin now by doing a demonstration of synastry and bringing you into my thought process around how I would bring two charts together and begin to interpret what it is that's going on there. And I'll weave in a little bit of technique, but really I just want you to 
take in the way that I'm interpreting and the way that I'm holding the nature, the ontology of relationship and how I'm letting that inform the way that I interpret um, if I was giving the reading for a couple. Now, um, it's very important that anyone who's listening to this that might be a client of mine, if you do not want to see my chart or you do not want to see my husband's chart, do not watch any more of this. Uh, this is my disclaimer. I know that some of you don't want to do that and I fully respect that. And I just want you to know that I am going to be using my chart, my husband's chart. So please turn this off and don't watch any further if you do not want to see that. Okay, so one last thing before I enter into the screen share to show you Travis, my husband, and my synastry. Um, is I want to say that the other part of the structural poetics of a composite chart, because I said there was two things for synastry and composite, is this. A composite chart is when you take the midpoint of all the planets in both of the two people's charts and you get what's called the relationship chart. It's the chart that represents the relationship as its own entity. And what I love about this is that it takes the midpoint of the sun and the sun, the moon and the moon, Mercury and Mercury, Venus and Venus, all the way out to Pluto, and it takes the midpoint of that. And the midpoint, the literal meeting in the middle of the two beings' planets creates this new chart. And I feel like that so beautifully poetically speaks to the nature of relationships about meeting in the middle and bringing in these two individuals, these two entities, and that something new, a third thing, a transcendent third thing is created by the middle point of this. Now, the composite chart, the relationship chart that shows the nature of the relationship is really showing the potentiality of the relationship. Again, the more intimate we are with someone, the deeper the bond, um, the more experience and time we have with them, the more vividly, the more pronounced we see the composite chart coming to life. And lastly, it's really important for us to remember that just as we evolve and grow um, through time, that we can see that through our personal transits unfolding through space and time, the, the activation of our chart and, uh, and of our relationship with the archetypes, so too we see that within the synastry. So the synastry has transits going over it. The composite chart has transits going over it. And that shows us the evolutionary unfolding of the relationship through time and space. And so as our relationships naturally evolve and go through the different ups and down phases that they do with every person in our life, depending on what season of life we're in with that particular person, we see the way that the synastry comes through and the meaning of it change. And this is really important because if we're giving a reading to someone who is in the first month of their relationship, there's only so much we're going to be able to say. Whereas if we're giving a reading to someone who's been married for 30 years, there's going to be a lot more to talk about. This is obvious, but part of, part of what I think is hard to internalize is that the synastry itself and its meaning, the way that we can interpret it, actually goes through different levels and layers. And so sometimes let's say a couple isn't going to experience certain aspects of the synastry or the depth of what it means until they get married or until they have children or until they decide to work together or until they go through a divorce. Like whatever a significant life event is, that phenomena is then going to reveal different dimensions of the potential expression of the synastry. 
Okay, there's so much more to say, but this is just a little demo. And like I said, there's gonna be a whole upcoming course about this, which I'm so excited about because I could talk about this forever. All right. So let me uh, screen share with you. Okay, so what you're looking at right now is the synastry, the two charts of myself. I'm on the inner wheel, so the base of the chart is uh, my birth chart. Therefore, my house system with 13 degrees Pisces rising is setting the tone for this one particular um, view or lens of interpretation. And then the outer wheel is my husband, Travis, and those are his planets and his birth chart in relationship to mine. Now. Most of you know this, but then you, you, you can reverse that. And now Travis's chart is on the inside with his ascendant at 17 Virgo setting the base of the house system. So I'm going to reverse it back. And just very quickly, um, I take in fully each individual chart before I ever put them together so that I can understand each individual. Now, obviously Travis and I are married and um, so I'm going to be lending this interpretation in the context of our relationship, which is we're husband and wife. Now, like you can do synastry between you and any other being. So um, obviously, depending on who the two charts are for, I mean, it could even be you and your dog. If you happen to know your dog's birth chart, you know, we can see the relationship between you and anything, you and an event, you and a person, again, past, present, we can't do the future because we don't, I mean, we can as far as looking at future personal transits, but like future beings that are going to come into the world. Okay. So, first what I do is I just, naturally allow myself to go to whatever is standing out to me in this moment. So right now, um, I see that um, Travis's moon at 17 degrees Cancer is uh, pretty much exactly opposite, it's one degree off from my natal sun at 16 Capricorn. So we have a sun-moon opposition in Cancer Capricorn now, the sun-moon in relationship and synastry is very classic for the aspect of marriage. Many of you will know this already, but that oftentimes we see the sun and moon in relationship in a prominent way um, between people who are married. Now, it's considered the hieros gamos or the conunctio, the sacred union through love. We can have sun-moon connections typically with people that we have um, a deep sense of familiarity with and kinship because you're bringing together the sense of self and identity with the lunar realm of relationship, intimacy, belonging, connection, and the home. And so in this case, very clearly, we are, you know, this husband and wife who have come together through this union through love and we share home, we've made home together. Um, 
Travis and I consider ourselves to be what Michael Newton in his work of Destiny of Souls, which you, if you haven't read, I highly recommend, speaks of in this terminology as primary soulmates, meaning that we both believe we have many soulmates, that we have groups of beings that we have been traveling with for eons and eons, but that our particular soul contract is a primary one, meaning that there are many lifetimes where we are together and we're together as, um, as lovers, as as some version of, of a husband and wife, but that we've probably most likely, really I don't feel a doubt about this, taken on many different versions of relationships with one another. And that we each have a sense of other people in our life who are soulmates, who are soul companions and travelers with us that play often play significant key roles in both of our lives. And some of those overlap in what would be called a soul group or a soul group that is shared together but that we do consider ourselves primary soulmates. And so this life feels very precious to us because we get the sense that we come together for a period of time and then our souls choose to go apart, have other experiences and come back, kind of weaving together this um, kind of mm, double serpent, uh, spiral helix, uh, <laughs> kundalini web. And so we treasure the lifetimes where we do get to be together in this form of partnership because we really enjoy it. And our sense is, is that this is the first life that we've been together in this way uh, for a while. And so there's this real sense of excitement and enthusiasm and us just really wanting to spend all our time together and catching each other up on all the different soul exploration and discovery and exciting things that we've learned. And so we're really in a deep process of mutually influencing and alchemizing um, and infusing um, you know, all the soul lessons that we've gone through and teaching each other the things that um, we've learned recently. And I think that you can often see this in a sun-moon aspect. Now, with that being said, there's plenty of people who I've worked with as couples who don't have sun-moon in major aspect to one another and they're married. And I don't in any way think that you need to have that um, combination to be married. Um, even though it is a common signature and that I work with many people who are not primary soulmates. I don't think that every lifetime we are with our primary soulmate or, or encounter our primary soulmate. And again, maybe the languaging is a little limiting there and maybe you resonate with that or not, but that there are often times, and Michael Newton um, goes into great detail about this, where with people who are secondary soulmates or maybe not even necessarily a soulmate at all, but that we're there to learn something with them that's very profound that we need to go through. And I think that you can see some of this in the synastry, but I'm not gonna go in depth into that right now. Um, so when I, you all know that I'm a huge fan of looking at the chart from a systems view, trying to take in an interconnected whole or a holistic view, which would be this, that I would actually need to recognize that um, Travis is born with the moon square, really Mars, Saturn, and Pluto. He's born um, with these three planets in Libra in my seventh house. And that really it's Travis's, well, let's just focus in here, moon square Saturn that's forming a T-square with my sun. So Travis's moon square Saturn, which um, I experience as the part of him that is emotionally stable and secure, um, he has a, an attachment style, which we can see in the moon as being secure, meaning that um, he's uh, 
pretty equanimical. His moods and emotions are pretty stabilized. You see that a lot with Moon Saturn, but that he's a Moon Saturn person who experienced uh, parents that stayed married and were able to show him a lot of love and presence and understanding. And so Travis is not uh, anxiously attached, which would be my uh, form of attachment that actually has changed significantly since we've been together. And so part of the alchemy of our love is that Travis's moon Saturn and all of the emotional wisdom and what I call the Bodhisattva vow that he took to be a securely attached person has um, joined with me as someone who's more anxiously attached. And current research shows an attachment theory that you can change your attachment style after five years of rewiring your nervous system. And that through safety, security, and trust, and consistency um, that you can rewire if you're anxiously or avoidantly attached. So actually part of the alchemy of our shared morphic field, our shared unconscious, is that um, Travis's sense of inner stability is infusing into me and that it's influencing me to become more stable and secure. And ever since we got together five and a half years ago, um, I have matured greatly and you can see that with Saturn squaring the sun that Travis has helped me mature I've taken on greater responsibility in my life through not only our love and our marriage and owning a home together but also through my own work my career through trust psyche has um, expanded and and rooted so much more I now have a full-time psychotherapy practice I occasionally give astrological consultations and then I teach and Travis has been instrumental in not only providing me the emotional security to be able to do that, but also the um, very helpful um, containment and support of my identity. Um, he, his Saturn helps me feel grounded and contained, and he gives me a lot of support. Our Saturns are sextile each other, which means we have a harmonious, confluent way of working together, that there's a lot of synergy between our work ethic and that we work really well together. And that's not true for a lot of couples. We both um, have um, come together in working on deep in your astrological practice. Travis was not only the moderator of that course, but the producer, the editor, the musician. He's built out our online platform for the school, and he's also stepping into his own self as a teacher, which is something that my solar sun and identity has helped him do. A step, I've helped shine a light with my solar identity as a Capricorn ruled by Saturn, very much oriented towards work onto his Saturn and really helping to infuse him to step more into his vocational calling and his karmic contract to show up as someone who helps provide a very loving, both paternal and maternal presence to the students. Um, this is one of the main reflections that we got from the course was that Travis's presence um, helped made the class feel very safe. So that same thing that he provides me, we then through our relationship help provide other people, which is essential in the work that we do. Now, some typical astrologers, traditional astrologers, I should say, um, would potentially interpret Saturn square the sun as, oh, there's potential there for negation of the self, being judgmental or really critical, blocking um, me and the work that I do. 
But because of who Travis is and the way that he holds his moon Saturn in himself, which is not critical or judgmental, um, but that actually he's very kind and compassionate. He's got that moon in Cancer, lots of planets in Libra. He's a Cancer sun moon. And also um, he uh, is sun Neptune. So Travis is very compassionate and kind. And also because of um, the fact that the nature of our relationship as primary soulmates is one where we've already worked through a lot of those things in previous lifetimes, that we've already worked through a lot of the power struggles and the areas of imbalance and who gets seen and who doesn't, that this lifetime, there's a tremendous amount of um, synergy, uh, mutual respect, and reciprocity. And that is important with understanding the placement of Saturn in the synastry is that when there is respect and there's mutual respect and admiration, Saturn is less likely to come and show up as the critical superego who's coming in trying to control and judge. Um, that's not who Travis is and that's not who we are in our relationship. And so that doesn't come through. Now we've only been together five and a half years. Maybe at some point in the future we'll run into a different potential expression or version of that sun square Saturn. But so far um, in our deep, deep exploration uh, with one another, where there's been a profound sense of transparency and honesty, um, we haven't come across that at all. We can also see here that um, Travis and I both have our north nodes conjunct our moons. His is conjunct his moon and, my, and so mine is also. And that um, our nodal axis forms a grand cross with one another right on our sun-moon opposition. This speaks to the level of karma that we share, that we share dharma and we share karma. That's the north and south node. The north node is the dharma. It's the place of becoming. It's the soul's evolutionary intent coming into this life. The south node is um, previous lifetimes, gifts and challenges that you're bringing in. The gifts and wisdom, the things you've already experienced, the challenges of unresolved trauma and wounds that you're bringing in. So this, this grand cross that we share on both of our moons and then on our sun-moon axis really speaks to the level of um, previous incarnations and karma that we share. So we're really picking up in the middle of an ancient story and the synastry helps us see that, including the fact that his Saturn is exactly conjunct my south node, which indicates that we've most likely had many, many lifetimes working together, that aspect of Saturn that is your work. And it's the soul contract or karma that you share. So this is something that we come in with ease and the fact that our Saturns are sextile one another, um, there's a lot of confluence there around our work ethic and how we show up. And there's also a lot of devotion. Um, you see that with Saturn's sun, with the moon, that there's a tremendous amount of devotion. Just the sun, moon itself, again, the aspect of marriage or a deep familiarity and kinship with Saturn T-squaring it, Saturn really can be the container, the matrix that holds the solar lunar relationship. And I think too, because I'm a Capricorn and Travis is a Cancer with also his moon in Cancer, our relationship really embodies that mother-father um, quality of the of the zodiac and because of um, I believe where both of our souls are at in our evolutionary process we both present as queer 
And so there's a fluidity in our expression of our um, gender identities and that we're both really able to fully occupy the solar and the lunar, the masculine, the feminine um, ways of being inside of our own selves. And then when we come together, we really pass the baton back and forth and both inhabit those places. Um, and so I think we both can really feel that energy in our relationship. And then when we encounter other people, that mother father of the zodiac capricorn cancer energy 10th fourth house energy and we have to remember that the synastry is not just describing the relational dynamics of the two people but it's also the relational field that the couple creates the archetypal field that the couple creates that others then encounter so when anybody in interacts with Travis and I, they're interacting with the field of our synastry and our composite chart. And so as a couple, we are experienced in a certain way. And we bring a certain type of medicine out into the world because of the nature of our um, soul's relationships. And this is really important to remember that it is the soul that is a priori that comes first before the chart and before the synastry. So it's not the chart that's causing us to be this way. It's just indicative, it's representative, it's connecting and correlating um, what it is that our two souls have already cultivated and grown together over many lifetimes. Um, I'm gonna move to another part of the synastry as an example here. And again, today's just a small taste so you can see how I'm holding this. Um, I'm gonna reverse the charts just so we can get another vantage point here. So now Travis's um, birth chart's on the inner wheel and mine's on the outer wheel. Uh, you can see here that uh, my moon at 25 degrees Aries is tightly opposite Travis's um, Pluto at 24 Libra. It's important here to recognize that Travis is born with the sun at almost one degrees cancer in a exact trine to Jupiter at zero uh, Scorpio, but that Travis is born with Jupiter and Pluto in a six degree conjunction, and both the Jupiter and the Pluto are in a 120 degree trine to his sun. So Travis is a sun trine Jupiter Pluto person, and his sun is also opposite Neptune which is sextile to Jupiter-Pluto. So he's really a sun opposite Neptune, sun trine Jupiter-Pluto, which is sextile to Neptune. So this is one whole archetypal signature or complex that Travis carries, which I spoke to a little bit about as an example in the previous stream, stream eight, where I used Travis's chart as the example and understanding how to do personal transits. When we're looking at this from a systems point of view, we want to be able to understand that Travis's solar identity, who he is as a creative individual, that not only is he cancer, so water sign, he's very maternal, he's very nurturing, he's very kind, he's very sensitive, but it's trying Jupiter. He's a philosopher. Um, he's had a lot of um, travel in his life. He loves experiencing other cultures, other people, other ideas. Um, Jupiter is the planet of blessings and good fortune. Tra Travis um, has a natural optimism to him and a natural positivity um, that comes very easily to him. He's been very blessed in his life and he's been very um, successful in being a musician and being a philosopher, being a husband, that there's just this sense of magnanimity to him and a, a kind of sense of royalty, but in a, 
in a trine way. It's very harmonious. It's soft. It's easygoing. And with Pluto there, there's a tremendous power and libido. Um, there's a lot of ambition and drive, but it's it comes through in a gentle way because he's Sun, Moon, and Cancer, and he's so um, so kind and compassionate. Sun, Neptune, very empathetic, um, very oriented towards the collective, towards the universal. Um, Sun, Neptune people tend to be less self-oriented and more selfless, um, and so it really both the trine of the Jupiter Pluto to the sun and the sun Neptune soften the power. So even though Travis is very ambitious and driven, it he comes through as um, a very humble person with lots of humility. So when we look at the synastry and we see that my moon is opposite the Jupiter Pluto, sextile the sun, so we, now we have another sun moon relationship. So we have double sun moon, which uh, when you have a double aspect in the sinistry going both ways, that's the universe's way of saying, hey, here's a repetition, pay attention to that. There's a reason why things repeat. There's a reason why we have sun, moon, and um, you know we're Capricorn Cancer. There's a reason why we have double sun, moon. These holographic repetitions are the ways that psyche or the universe um, really says, you know, don't miss this. This is a key archetypal signature or complex and present in your life. So it's my moon opposite his Jupiter, Pluto, sextile, sun, exactly trying his Neptune. So I am very at home in Travis's identity and sense of self. There is a deep familiarity and understanding and support there of Travis and his identity. I also um, there's a there's a profound sense of celebration of each other's inner worlds. The inner world is the moon. Jupiter is the celebration of whatever it touches. It honors it. It elevates it. It anoints it. We actually have double moon Jupiter. My Jupiter at 18 Pisces is trine Travis's moon. So we have double moon Jupiter. So there's a lot of sense of... Um, positivity and support around each other's emotional lives and just around our relationship. Our relationship feels like a blessing and a gift and you often feel this with wherever Jupiter is. Um, and you know, of course, Travis's Pluto's opposite my moon. And so you know one level that we could read this is that Travis's Pluto has helped deepen, evolved and transform my emotional body. And, um, you know, I've become a woman in relationship with him. I mean, he was with me through my Saturn return. Um, we now have created a home together and we do powerful shamanic rituals here. Um, we work with people in deeply transformative experiences through astrology, tarot, um, meditation, medicine journeys, that our home is a space that is a sanctuary for positive Jupiter, powerful Pluto experiences to take place. So not only has Travis empowered me as a woman, Moon, and my emotional life, but he's actually helped me transform and empower my inner child. Um, he's helped me transform a lot of my um, uh, familial relational patterns. Um, again, I mentioned that my attachment style, which is seen in the Moon, uh, my nervous system has rewired itself through our relationship and that's the Jupiter's like the blessing of the healing and the positivity of that and the Pluto like the power to do that. Whereas the Neptune trining the moon is the healing 
spiritual communion um, that we have, that there's just this natural ease between our spirituality and our relationship. So now you can start to hear how my interpretation is shifting a little bit from his Pluto to my moon, his Neptune to my moon, or um, you know, my moon to his Pluto, that um, it's by being in relationship with me, the moon and my body and me being a woman, that Travis has been able to step more into his um, sexual power, his drive, his ambition, um, that he's been able to honor that part of himself more fully by being in relationship to me, the moon. My moon has helped bring in a deeper sense of connection and belonging to the part of Travis's chart that it connects to. Because we have safety, because we have trust, because we have intimacy, my moon helps him bring in a deeper sense of that lunar connection and belonging to the Jupiter-Pluto part of him, to his Neptunian spirituality, his cosmology, his worldview. I mean, he's really stepped into being an astrologer by being in relationship with me. Um, but then we can move beyond that level of interpretation and go into the more nested uh, level as seeing it as a morphic field, that when the two of us come together, there is a shared space of um, bodily communion, that we merge in a sacred way and that our home is a spiritual temple. Our home is a place of healing, not just for one another, but for other people who come in, right? For um, clients and for students and for, for friends and family, um, for our future children, that when they come into this space, it's gonna be a Neptunian place. It's a space where there is healing. It is a sacred place. It's a space of um, being in touch with spirit. Um, it's a place of celebration and play with the moon Jupiter. It's a place where we have cathartic, deep transformative experiences with Pluto. Um, there's a celebration, Jupiter-Pluto, of our sexuality and how much more creative we are when we're able to celebrate our sexuality and that there's a double moon um, Jupiter energy where there is a support around um, one's emotions and feelings. And again, it's the synastry is not just our relationship, but it's the field of energy that our couple creates and that others, when they interact with us, come into. Now, with that being said, with Pluto Moon, we tend to have really intense experiences with people that there's a lot of tectonic upheaval that happens when we um, share our space together. So our relationship actually is very intense and very deep and we've both grown tremendously and those that were close to around us also are catalyzed to grow tremendously and that they experience tectonic upheavals by being in our presence. And for some people, they love that growth and it's great. And for other people, it's not, it's too much. It's too much um, work, it's too much shadow material, it's too much encounter with the taboo, the, the underworld and the unconscious. And they opt out and sometimes a power struggle comes in at first when we're like, wait, you know, what's going on here? Can we trust each other? Is there enough safety, et cetera, et cetera. But because Travis and I operate at a certain level that we choose to, um, you know, doing our very best as the humans we are to be authentic and transparent and raw, that we go there and we go deep and we tend to have pretty cathartic experiences. We both cry a lot. Uh, we both feel our emotions very deeply and powerfully. And the more intimate that we become with other people or the more they, they step into our field, 
that vibration is present. And this would be true for you and your relationships and people who interact with you and your relationships. You are the medicine, you are the alchemy. And when your relationship is in balance and harmony with mutuality, reciprocity, um, it's naturally gonna ripple out and vibrate, resonate out for others to do the same. And whatever keeps them from doing that they will be required to purge that. They will be required to cleanse that in order to continue to share space with you. If your relationship is out of balance and you know, the goddess knows I have been in many of those that naturally what happens is the people around you are also going to be out of balance and whatever power struggles might be happening in your relationship that is going to ripple out and you're going to constellate that morphic field around you where other people are going to act out that psychodrama of what's happening ultimately for you internally that then it's being translated out between you and the other person and then the other people around you also start to inhabit or embody that psychodrama because the chart is um, your psyche and other people in your life play certain parts of your chart. And this is something I wanna talk about in a future stream, but just very briefly, aspects of your chart are carried by your mother and your father and your siblings and all these people in your life. And part of the process of what Jung called individuation and doing that shadow work is reclaiming parts of your chart, reclaiming aspects of your psyche. I mean, this is a lifelong process. Like, I don't believe we ever fully arrive in that place, I think, because we're always evolving and growing and projection is a natural part of that growth process of our human nature. We always project out certain aspects of our chart and our psyche. Um, and so the same is true in synastry that the couple um, psychodrama is then unconsciously um, portrayed and acted out by uh, potentially by people around them. And there's a process there that the couple goes through in understanding and interfacing um, with that. That's a whole other stream. And I actually see that we're coming up onto the amount of time I wanted to be. You can see here the <laughs> channel gets open and I just want to talk forever about it. But the point of this is just to begin to demonstrate how I work with relationships when I'm doing counseling astrology. And this is the last point I'll make. One of the significant ways that counseling astrology is different than mundane astrology, looking at history or cultural events, current events, is this. When we look at history or we look at current events, most likely we don't know those people personally or we'll never meet them, most likely. At the very least, our interpretations and the way that we interface with that phenomena, that event, those people, most likely that person is also not going to interact with, either because they're already dead or because they're famous and you'll never know them or they live on the other side of the world or whatever. When you're doing counseling astrology, and the human beings are sitting there in front of you and you're reading their chart or their synastry for them, every single thing you say has the potential to deeply influence them. And so we want to look at the synastry between us and the client or clients to understand some of the potentiality of, okay, what are some ways I can know that you know, I'm here to shine a light for this person? You know, How does my son aspect their chart? What about my Mercury? What might be some hangups? What, what might be some areas that potentially we might not hear each other, or there might not be an understanding, or there might be some kind of 
language barrier or lost in translation type situation. But that when the counseling astrologer, um, I believe, ethically takes in the level to which we are influencing other people, we begin with our interpretations, we begin to inhabit that core truth that at, at the center of every relationship is the importance of knowing that we can mutually influence one another. And that's why the best readings are the ones where I walk away from the table and I feel changed by that person. That some kind of profound, deep psychic alchemy took place where what came through for, in the reading was for both of us. And that when that space is occupied, which is precious and sacred, that is when we have entered into that nested level of the shared morphic field of the shared unconscious between these two beings and that our synastry is the space holder for these archetypal energies to come through and bring their messages of loving guidance and and healing and that that is a very special moment and that it is a two-way street that requires both beings coming together and then the presence of the divine and the archetypal realm coming in and at least this trinity of both people and the divine working together and we can see part of the way that the divine comes in and works with us in synastry uh, between the two people is looking at the transits in that moment to the synastry, the two charts together to understand what it is that's being communicated in that moment, what the message is in that particular moment that can come through. Thank you so much for being here with me. It's always an honor and a pleasure. I look forward to many more with you. And also wanted to let you know that uh, our next stream, stream 10, I'll be having my first guest, Travis Deruta. We've been having the most amazing conversations and we're gonna continue this conversation on synastry and composite charts together with him very soon. Thank you so much and I will see you all soon.